What if church was more than just a place we came once a week to get a good cup of coffee or to see a friend or an acquaintance or to sing a couple of songs before somebody got up to, to be able to publicly challenge us or encourage us from stage? There's a statement that's been stuck in my head since I read through the book, and quite honestly, I'm not even sure if it was in the book or if somebody else said it to me along the way, but it's just been rolling around in my head since then. And it goes like this. Church is not a place you go, but rather a people where you belong. Think about that for a minute. Church is not a place you go, but rather a people where you belong. See, I think this is where our struggle sits. Going to church that's easy to define. It's black and white. It's yes or no. I went to church or I didn't go to church. One or the other. Really easy. But when we talk about belonging to something, that's a whole different concept. What comes to your mind when you think about that word, belong? What's it mean to belong to something? My D group was just having this conversation a few weeks ago. We're, we're a couple chapters ahead um, coming through the book from where we are on Sunday mornings. And, and as we were talking about this, it just made me think a lot more deeply about this concept. What does it really mean to belong to something? What's it mean to be part of the body of Christ and live in community, to love and be loved, to experience God's blessings, but also to be responsible to share those blessings? See, belonging to something is very different than attending something or even being involved in something. There's ownership and responsibility that comes with belonging. When you belong, you carry weight in that thing. It's not just experiencing the privileges of it. And I think that we've lost that sense of belonging in a lot of ways within our country. Not just in the church, but I would say in most areas of our lives. If you just look at statistics about marriage and family, that one area alone, you will see that we have lost the idea of belonging. Absolutely have lost it. See, when the going gets tough today in family or in marriage, what's society say to us? Walk on. Keep going. Move away from it. Walk away. But that's not a picture of belonging. And here's a news flash. A hundred years ago, go back and look at our society, marriages faced the same struggles then that they face today. They faced the same hurts, the same betrayals, the same fights went on, the same disagreements. The only difference is, 100 years ago, there were a lot more people that understood this idea of belonging. They held on to those words that they spoke in their marriage vows and said, till death do us part. Families were the same ways. You didn't see siblings splitting because they didn't get along or they couldn't figure something out. You didn't see parents walking away from their children or children walking away from their parents. Family was a unit that held on tightly. They belonged to one another. It's a value that we hold on to. And, and don't mishear me, because I'm not just trying to bash failed marriages or families or any of those things, because statistically, if we look across the room, I guarantee there's at least 50% of people in our church family, in our congregation, who have walked through that. And there's pain and there's struggle with that, and I'm not making light of that. That's the beauty of grace. That's how God extends forgiveness, and he loves, and he heals, and he redeems. So this is not about whether or not you've been in a failed marriage or whether or not you've had struggle in your families. It's about this big idea of belonging. That's one example that shows us that picture of belonging. And I think it's something we've lost. And quite honestly, the word belong, I think gives us the single greatest understanding that helps us to know what it means to live as disciples of Christ. See, when Jesus tells us to love one another the way he loved us, it's a picture of laying down our own lives, of dying to ourselves, 
putting others above ourselves. That's belonging. I want you to pause right here for just a minute. In fact, I'm going to ask you, just for the next couple minutes, just close your eyes. And I want you to try to block out any distractions around you. And I know it's hard because there's distractions everywhere. But for just a moment, really think. Dig deep within yourselves. Ask this question. When is the last time that you did anything where you truly put somebody else first? Where there was absolutely no selfish motivation of any kind? It wasn't about you. It was just about them. And be honest with yourself. Because maybe I'm the only one, but if I'm really honest, there are too many times that even when I'm serving somebody else, I make it about me. It's with selfish motivation. It's about making me look or feel good, or it's about gaining praise from somebody else. I might do something to love my wife, and it's something that truly brings her pleasure, and that's great, but if I'm honest about it, my motivation is usually skewed by my own desires, even in that moment. I'm trying to make her happy so that I don't feel bad that she's having a rough day. Or maybe I'm hoping for a romantic evening and I know I need to prime the pump just a little bit. Guys, you know what I'm talking about. But guess what? That's love with expectation. It's not selfless. Keep your eyes closed for just another moment and try not to fall asleep. I know we have busy weeks, but just think. Think beyond your spouse for a moment. When did you last serve a brother or a sister from the church? When did you last serve a family member or maybe another close friend with no selfish motivation? Just a desire to express the love of Christ. When did you last make a real sacrifice, a sacrifice of time, a sacrifice of money, maybe even just a sacrifice of energy so that you could show love to somebody when you knew that you would get absolutely nothing out of it? It had nothing to do with you. When's the last time you did something with no expectation of recognition or an attaboy, but just because you wanted to serve quietly in the background? See, Jesus said the world would know us by our love for one another. In fact, that's repeated several times in different ways throughout the New Testament, but yet I'm left with a very distinct impression that we often get things backwards in the body of Christ. Jessica kind of said this just a moment ago. We worry so much about going out into the world, about being missional so that we can attract people to Jesus and make disciples, and that's not wrong. It's part of being Christ, but what if, what if we were to do what Jesus said and love each other so powerfully and so genuinely that people in the world began to notice? What if our best outreach to the community has more to do with how we treat each other within the church than it does with what we do in the community? What if our actions stood out to people around us? What if our interactions with people caused them to say things like, there's something different about that TBA? I've never seen anybody interact the way they do. I've never seen anybody show grace like that or extend forgiveness like that or give up their own plans and resources the way they do. What if our love for one another in the church was so countercultural and so attractive that people wanted to come see what this church thing was all about? Go ahead and open your eyes. I want you for the next few minutes just to let those questions, those thoughts resonate in your heart. Ask God what he might be saying to you in this moment. Ask God to show you how you're doing at loving others in the church, at loving your brothers and sisters, of being Christ 
to the people around you. And as you're thinking about that, watch this video clip. So this week you read the chapter on the gang. And to me, this is the hands down most obvious of all the chapters, most obviously biblical. Um, you've got a command, love one another, that is mentioned over 50 times. Over 50 times we are told, commanded, remember his sacred command, over and over and over again. So not only is it in scripture, but it's, it's repeated so often, I want you to love one another. Uh, so if, if, if the church is nothing else, it's got to be a group of people, of men and women who love each other deeply. I mean, here's a sacred command of God that he's saying over and over and over again. And in, in John, he makes it so clear in uh, John 13, 34, a new commandment I give to you that you love one another just as I have loved you. You also are to love one another. By this, all people know that you're my disciples if you have love for one another. This is Jesus right before he's dying, right before he goes to the cross, right before he institutes communion, the Lord's Supper for the first time. He's explaining to them, look, here's my new command. I want you to love each other. I'm leaving this earth. And here's the command I give you. I want you to love one another just as I've loved you. I'm about to show you how much I love you. And what I want you to do in return is to love one another that way. That's why I remember he had just washed their feet. And, you know, and Peter's like, no, 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 don't do that. Don't. No, I'm going to wash your feet. And now here's, here's what I want you to do. He doesn't say, come wash my feet. I want you to wash each other's feet. I want you to do this for one another now. And now I'm about to go to the cross for you. And that's what I want you to do for one another. Like he wanted us to be known. He says, this is how the people are going to know that you're my disciples is if you have love for one another. And what drives me crazy is can you think of one church, one in America that's known for loving each other? Like that is their reputation. That is what they're known for. We're known for so many different things, and yet he's saying, this is what I ordered. This is what I wanted. I, I mean, as a dad of, of seven children, I imagine if I were, if the Lord were to take me home today and I were to leave this earth, what would I want of my kids? You know, I sure hope they would be looking after each other. Like I'm trying to raise them in such a way that if I'm not there, it's, it's not a big deal. The older ones will take care of the younger ones. They're going to care for each other. They're going to work through this life together. And they're going to hold each other to the commands of God and keep each other on that path. They're going to live like that family. That's God's desire. That's his heart. When we think, remember... What we exist for is what pleases him most. Like, God, what would please you the most? Hopefully you gathered this week that in your gathering right now, you came with that mindset. Okay, 
It's not, okay, you guys make me feel better. I, this is about me. I, I hope I leave with something. No, but that the goal of your gathering today is, okay, we want him pleased. We want to just do whatever would make him happiest, whatever pleases him most. Well, if he says something over 50 times, you think that's a good place to start? Love each other. Like if God had it his way, if he could have anything, he would want us so caring for each other's needs. He, he wouldn't want these boundaries and these limits of what we would give to one another. He wants us to truly act like his kids. That's what any dad wants, but our Heavenly Father even more so. And so you have to think through, are we living this out? And, and before you get into all of the thoughts of, ooh, how much that may be a sacrifice on your part, let's just remember that God's commands lead to life. God doesn't give these commands because he's trying to ruin your life. He says when the church is really filled with people who love each other just as Christ loved us, it's going to bring so much life to you. And I know we, we think the opposite. Well, if I come thinking about me and my thoughts, then I'll leave happiest. That's just not true. It's when you come seeking to love other people and other people. This is the way the church was meant to be. When we come to love each other deeply and care for each other's needs, that's when we're going to leave fulfilled. And so I guess the thought I want to leave with you today before you, you get into your discussion is, can you just make sure that if you're disobedient to this, if your gathering, your group of people, your church is not known, like known amongst unbelievers, like, whoa, look at the way they care. If it's not, then change something. This is one of those lessons that's so easy to get convicted about and then change nothing. But in your groups today, get concrete, get tangible. Share feelings with each other. Share truth with each other. Share stuff with each other. But look at this command as extremely, extremely sacred to where you don't dare leave this gathering without having changed something in your life. If you're plugged into a small group, that's the video you would be watching this week. And he really makes us think about what it looks like, what it means to be the body of Christ. The kind of love that he's talking about, the kind of love that we've been talking about all morning is not natural. It's not natural at all. It's a supernatural kind of love. And it's a love that only comes from an overflow of Christ's love in our lives. It's a love that only comes when we're allowing the Holy Spirit to lead our hearts instead of trying to control every move and be our own gods like we do so much, so much of the time. It's a love that's full of forgiveness and grace. It's a love that overlooks faults and wrongs. It's a love that chooses to sacrifice and to serve and to give and to encourage and then to do it all over again, even when it hurts and even when it's uncomfortable and even when you really don't want to. It's not that emotional feeling, it's not that frou-frou kind of love, it's not that passion like when you're dating 
This is the commitment, the loyalty, the walking together, dedication. It's an action kind of love. It's being Christ to one another. And the only reason that we have the ability to love like that is because Christ loved us first. He loved you and I first. Before we even knew him, he loved us. Romans 5.8 says it this way. But God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. That's the key phrase, while we were still sinners. Before we had even chosen him, before we had repented of our sin, before we had even acknowledged his love for us, he loved us so much that he chose to go to the cross. He chose to walk through all the wrongful accusations, all the beatings, all the mocking, all the things that he walked through going to the cross, and then he shed his blood for you and I and died so that we could experience life and know that kind of love, so that we could have right relationship with our heavenly Father, with God. And until you've accepted Christ's love for you, you don't belong to the body of Christ. That's the difference. We can experience it all around us. You can show up to church 52 Sundays a year and you can experience God's love. You can see God's love happen around you, but you don't belong to that family and to that body until you've chosen to let him have first place in your heart. Until you've chosen to confess your sins and allow him to have control instead of you controlling it. And it's not about the specific word you say. It's not about some specific prayer you pray. It's about the condition of your heart. It's about surrendering. It's about allowing him to lead and to guide. And if you haven't made that decision, I would just challenge you, encourage you, beg of you this morning, don't wait. Don't wait. Go back to the next steps. Tim and Joni are back there. Brian and Jen are back there right now as well. Go back and talk to them. Let them pray with you. Let them help give you some resources to help you start that journey. There's gonna be somebody back there all morning this morning. So you can go right now, you can go in five minutes, you can go after service, there will be somebody there to pray with you and talk with you. Do that if you haven't made that decision yet. For everyone else who has made that decision and you're already part of the body of Christ, this morning we're gonna receive communion together. And, and really this is just a reminder of Christ's amazing love for us and his call for us to love each other. But as we receive communion this morning, we're gonna do it a little bit differently than what we've typically done around here. And I'm probably gonna make you a little bit uncomfortable. I'm sorry, but I'm trying to be obedient to what God's laid on my heart. In fact, I was sitting there last week and he laid this thing on my heart and I went, wow, that's crazy, God, there's no way. But the more I've thought about it, I just couldn't get away from it. And I know it's something we're supposed to do, so we're gonna make you uncomfortable this morning. But I want us to function as the body of Christ today. And the simple truth is, it is extremely, extremely difficult to function as the body of Christ on a Sunday morning in a church our size with this many people in the same room. It's just hard to do. It's hard to walk in relationship. It's hard to do life together. It's hard to do that thing we were just talking about that looks like the gang. But we're going to try to model it anyway. And so, band, I'm going to invite you guys to come on up. And as they do that, some of our staff and our ministry directors and some of our other leaders that I've talked to are going to come and they're going to grab the elements that are here along the front of the stage. We have 10 sets of elements, and those leaders are going to spread throughout the room. There's going to be four across the front here. There's going to be a couple in this aisle over here, a couple in this aisle over here. There's going to be some back at Live Scent, some at Next Steps. And in just a few moments, I'm going to have you guys stand, and I'm going to pray. And what I'm going to ask you to do is just go to whatever leader is closest to you. They're going to have the elements there, and you just look around and see where they are, see who's closest to you, and go to them. It's going to be organized chaos, I know. Hopefully a little bit more organized than the chaos, but we will see. It may be chaos, chaos, 
but we're gonna be the body of Christ this morning. And you're gonna go to one of these leaders, they're going to serve you communion, and after they've served you communion, they're gonna ask you a couple of questions. They're gonna ask you first to share one thing that you are thankful for. What's something that God has done in your life recently? What's something that God is currently doing in your life, a way that he's moving in your life? Something that you're thankful for, share that. And then I'm also gonna ask you to share something that is a struggle you're walking in or something you need prayer for. And it may be something you're walking in currently, it may be something you know is coming, that you're worried about. Whatever it is, share something. And yes, I'm asking you to step out of your comfort zone and I'm asking you to be vulnerable in a group of people that you probably don't know. I know it. But this is what the body of Christ looks like. We celebrate together and we carry each other's burdens in the same way. And so I'm gonna ask you to be uncomfortable for a few moments and to be transparent and to share in that group and allow the other people in that group to be the body of Christ to pray for you, to walk with you, to celebrate with you. We're gonna paint that picture. And like I just said, this is not the easiest way to do the body of Christ. This is why you need to be involved in small group or involved in D group or involved serving in a ministry where you have people around you that you're truly doing life with, that you're walking with, that you're interacting with on a daily kind of basis. We have to have that because that's where you belong. You're never gonna belong on just a Sunday morning. You're gonna belong when you're walking with people in relationship doing life together. When you've got people that are not just encouraging you, but they're challenging you. Are you in the word? Are you reading about it? Are you spending that time in prayer? Are you doing the things that you need to do to be able to grow in your walk with Christ? That's where you grow. That's where you belong and become part of the church family. So I'm gonna ask you, just go ahead and stand with me if you would. If our leaders could just kind of spread out and let's get a couple in these side aisles, one near the front and one near the back so that everybody's got somebody close to go to. And once I pray, just look around and whoever's closest to you, go to that leader. I know it's organized chaos. We're gonna be standing in the chairs and in the aisles and everywhere we can find a hole, that's okay. Gather around that leader, allow them to serve communion to you and then take that time to pray and talk together and to share and they will lead you in that. We're actually gonna dismiss from these groups this morning. So this is the end of the service. And while we do this, the band's gonna introduce us to a new song. Don't feel like you need to sing. You're gonna be receiving communion. Just listen to the words as you do that. And then you have that time to share. Let's pray. God, thank you for how you're moving and working in our church. God, thank you for how you are teaching us what it means to be the body of Christ, how you're teaching us what it looks like to walk in community in this way. And God, I know that oftentimes it is not easy to do this. It means that we have to get outside of our comfort zones. It means we have to do things that we don't like to do or that we feel uncomfortable doing. But God, I also know that it is a place where there is the greatest joy and the greatest reward and it's where you show up and you bless. God, it's hard for us to ask when we're in need. We're proud people and we don't want to stand humbled before anyone else, but yet that's what you ask us to do in the body of Christ. You ask us to stand humbly, to confess our sin, to confess the struggles in our lives, to confess the things that we're worried about and allow others to lift us up and walk beside us and carry that, carry that burden for us. Over and over and over and over and over in your word, we see that phrase, one another. Love one another, carry one another's burdens, serve one another pray for one another. It goes on and on. Help us to put that in practice in just a small way this morning as we attempt to model what that looks like to be the body of Christ.
have your way today. Speak to our hearts. Give us the courage to be transparent and allow us to experience the fullness of your joy and your blessing in our lives. It's in your name we pray. Amen.